everybody, I'm Rachel. And I'm Eric. And this is going to be unsettling. Deeply unsettling. This week is going to be a little bit different. Um, normally it's me and Erin, sometimes Abby, and we're usually in Abby's basement. Um, but the good old panorama has entered our home and we can no longer see people for a little bit. So um, my very thank, uh, very invested husband has decided that he's going to uh, subject himself to listening to me for roughly a half hour tonight. Eric, you can say hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> um yeah, so it's just going to be me and him, but I didn't want to leave you guys hanging because if I stop doing this, then it'll stop altogether because that's just how my hobbies work. So uh, let's, let's keep get, it rolling. <laughs> let's get into it. All right. So this week I wanted to talk to not necessarily you, but <laughs> thank wanted, you, Copen. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Japan's suicide forest. So Aokigahara. And that's probably the only time you'll hear me pronounce it because I really... It's, it's a little tough. I struggle with that tough one. Tough to pronounce. Um, it translates to blue tree meadow, or it's also known as the sea of trees. So from here on out, we're just going to call it the sea of trees. Uh, it's a forest that's nestled on the northwest edge of Mount Fuji, which is an island of Honshu, Japan. It's about a two-hour drive west of Tokyo, in case you wanted specifics. Um... Mount Fuji itself is a volcano and created the foundation for the Sea of Trees from its eruption. So, like I said, moving forward, we're just going to refer to it as the Sea of Trees because I don't want to do it a disservice by mis mispronouncing it the entire time. I don't think you'll do as much of a disservice as uh, Logan uh, did a long, long time Logan ago. Paul. Yeah, so uh, that'll be the only time I'll mention him, but um, he did screw up royally with that one. Yeah, it uh, it got a lot of unfortunately a lot of fame. Uh, it was, what, like two or three years ago, because uh, Logan Paul decided he was going to go on a tour. And, and film a dead body on YouTube. Yeah, and then put it up on the internet. Good job. Um, so the western edge of the Sea of Trees has several cave formations. And during the winter months, school trips and tourism picks up because it is, like, a very beautiful place. It's one of their state parks. Well, national parks. Um, it's overall a very popular tourist destination because of the dense forest and solitude that the foundation of the lava rocks provides it. So the trees in the forest are so thick that even at high noon, the forest is still gloomy and the lava rocks are super porous. So they absorb the sound. So it's a very calm, serene place, which is a stark opposite to what most people know the sea of trees for. It's this beautiful, calm place, but I did not know it was a park. Do you know how big it is? Uh, very big. I don't know specifics. Okay. Actually, I think I at some point I did, and I want to say it was, like, big, 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 like, over 40 acres. Okay. Um, the 
forest itself has historically been known as a resting place for yuri, which is Japanese folklore's interpretation of ghosts. Okay. So our idea of ghosts, they call them yuri. Um, Japan, similar to us, depending on your beliefs, think that yuris are bound to the earth because they have unfinished business. Yuris fall... We're going to get technical here, so... Wow. Batten down. Yuris fall under the umbrella of obakes, which is a more common Japanese term for a supernatural being. But yuris have a preferred haunting time of 2 to 2.30 a.m. Interesting. So they're um, on a schedule. Mm-hmm. An article I read said that this time was when the veils between the world of the living and the world of the dead are the thinnest, which I have heard. Like, even on our side of the ocean. People say between 2 and 3 o'clock, it's always spooky. Um, and the haunting location, which makes them different from all obakes. So they have a specific time and place that they like to show up versus obakes just kind of float around. Just wander. Um, one of the most famous yuris that haunts the Tree of Seas is the Awa who is said to bring vengeance on any actress that tries to portray her in a film or act to, um, or an onstage production. So if someone tries to go and make a movie about her, she gets vengeance on them. You know how many times they tried before they stopped? Before they realized what was happening? Yeah, like how many poor women got, uh, you know... Haunted. Haunted or worse. Ugh. Um, one way the Tree of Seas is thought to obtain Yuri's is through... A mythical process called Ubisuit. Um, but it's, I, I use air quotes when I say mythical because it actually used to happen. Um, it's essentially abandoning an old woman or senicide. Uh, the practice was thought to be that a family member would carry their elderly family member on their back up a hill. Okay. And then just leave them there. And then. Since the, uh, the older person was in such poor health, they didn't have the means to get back down. So they were just left on this mountain to die. Okay, kind of like the Eskimos leaving their uh, elderly on the ice patches in the in the ocean. Do they do that? Uh, they used to, yes. Interesting. Yeah, supposedly, right. well, I don't think this happens anymore, but back in the day. Yeah, the uh, Eskimos don't do that either anymore. <laughs> it's frowned upon now? Uh, a little. Um, so starting around 1960... The Tree of Seas gained a much darker reputation, which the western half of the world refers to as a suicide forest. Before we get into the details of why it's called a suicide forest, I thought it would be more important to go over Japanese culture and why such a place would even be needed in the first place. I guess if people can understand why they call it that, but okay. Yeah, hang on. So, Japanese afterlife ideas are not unlike ours in that they believe that the human body is a vessel for a soul, they call the soul a Raycon. When a person dies, the soul leaves a body and enters a state of purgatory. The soul cannot leave the state of purgatory until its earthbound relatives host a proper funeral and perform a post-funeral rite. After the funeral has concluded, the soul can be released from purgatory and accepted by the ancestors. The Raycon now becomes a protector for the remaining living family members, and they return annually in August to receive the family's thanks. So the, the soul is protecting the family, and every year they have this uh, festival where they appreciate the protection that they've gotten. Okay. Um, Almost like the Day of the Dead for the Mexicans. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Similar to that Dia de los Muertos, I think, um, where you thank the dead for protecting you and your family and give gifts of gratitude. Okay. Um, that's the ideal timeline for Japanese afterlife. Like, that's what you want to happen. 
However, if the human body dies in a catastrophic way, typically by suicide or murder or an accident, it's thought that the proper funeral rites cannot be performed because the human body is so overwhelmed with other emotions. Whether it be rage against the murderer, sorrow from a suicide, even an innocuous last thought could be enough to turn a rakin into a yuri. So you see how we okay. how we got where we're going? Okay. Once the thought has entered the mind, the yuri will continue to try and act on that last thought that the person had. So my interpretation of this information was, if it's a suicide and the last thought that the person had was regret, the yuri will spend its time trying to undo what the human body did. Try to undo the wrong. Yes. And he's just going to be wandering around the forest trying to figure that out. Yep. And Scaring he can't people. Leave. It seems like if the debt was death was not anticipated, the proper funeral rites become difficult. If the proper funeral rites do not occur, the rakin or soul is thought to turn into a yuri or a ghost. So that's how you get from... How, that's how you stray from that ideal afterlife situation. Okay. Um... <clears throat> The stigma is not the same for suicide in Japan as it is in other countries. It's actually thought to be an honorable way to go, um, which is why this suicide forest has become a final resting place for so many souls. In a listing of the top five most commonly used places for suicide, hey, you want to take a guess? What's the most commonly used place for suicide in the world? It, there's one place that people go to. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say the Sea of Trees. Well, yeah, that's two. Oh, but what's number one? Ooh, number one. The Grand Canyon. Uh, the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, the typical method of suicide in the Sea of Trees is by hanging or drug overdose. Um, they conduct annual body searches in the forest, and they use they used to publicize the numbers of bodies they found. Um, they've since stopped doing that in hopes that it will lessen the attention that the treasies get. Okay. All right, try out of sight, out of mind kind of mentality. Yeah, yep. Um, they have also put signs throughout the forest urging people to rethink their decisions and to get help. Unfortunately, Japan does have a stigma around mental health care, especially for men, which is why it leaves them feeling helpless, and this really feels like their only way out. And it still feels honorable at that point. A lot of uh, modern countries have a problem with that. Yeah. Uh, me and Eric actually watched a movie with Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right. Um, and it was called Sea of Trees. It was pretty good. It kind of followed this guy um, as, he, as he went through the Sea of Trees and why he was there and everything going on. Um, but while we were watching it, because I didn't anticipate us getting COVID and having to do this together, I kind of already told Eric a lot of this. So he's a little more informed than he would have been, but not by much. Um, if someone does rethink their decision or just simply loses their way in the sea of trees, and you asked me this when we were watching the movie, they will most likely not be able to use their phone or compass to get them out. Because they are in a legit dead zone. Yeah, the lava rock that the forest sits on is rich with magnetic iron, which causes compasses and phones to malfunction. Okay, so typically people who are hiking or on the annual body recovery mission use tape to mark the trees. Remember in the movie we saw all that tape? Hunter's tape, not not like three no, M gluey tape. Yeah, I thought it was masking tape uh, when nope. I read this. It would be the hunter like tape if you ever walk in the woods. It would be the little plastic ties they tie onto trees and such. Uh, that way they could basically track their way home without being lost. Um, apparently everything looks exactly the same in the sea of trees. So uh, any help can get you on your way home. Mm -hmm. Um. 
People also attribute the issues with compasses and cell phones to the dark spirits and energies that haunt the forest. So not only is the lava rock not going to let you out, but the bad vibes in there are keeping you in too. Spooky. Uh, people who live near the sea of trees say they can easily identify the three types of visitors going in. So there's the trekker, the person that actually is going in to enjoy the hike because it's a beautiful enjoy place. Enjoy nature, yep. There's the curious Logan Pauls of the world who want to see what's going on and what's it all about. And then there is, unfortunately, the one-way visitors. And they said you can see that when they're walking in. Um, popularity for the forest and the romanticizing of the suicides therein is thought to come from a novel, the title of which translates to Black Sea of Trees by Seiko in 1960, again, when this started happening. Um, the novel ends with two lovers committing suicide in the forest simultaneously. Spoiler alert. I wonder why it started in the 60s or if it was happening way before then and they just started tracking it then does there any mention of that uh they all base like they attribute it to this book Cor really yeah so this black sea of trees i didn't read it but thank you mr seiko yeah seiko really gave people a place to give an out yeah um another layer to the sea of trees is the potential for demonic activity different forms of yuri's in the souls that are stuck there, the demonic souls in the sea of trees are there to harm people. So that's what people are thinking. Um, they think that the Yuris are stuck there and they're demonic Yuris. They're not just unsettled souls. Not somebody stuck in like purgatory. Yeah. Uh, visitors have reported hearing sounds like crying children or wounded animals in the forest, which again, doesn't travel. So like sound doesn't travel well in the forest. So for you to be hearing those sounds, you would think it's something very close to you. Okay. But they always, people say that that's coming from a dark energy or a demonic Yuri. Basically a ghost trying to lure you, pull, in. Yeah, lure you in. Yep. Um, each account of the sounds is different, but it seems that they have catered towards a listener and whatever would be most likely for them to run to. So... If it's like a mom, then obviously they're going to have a crying child. crying child. If it's an animal lover, it'll be a herd animal. Um, animal lovers have reported hearing herd animals. Parents have reported hearing lost children. Visitors have also reported hearing voices of family members that they lost. Oh. The sounds are typically heard in the forbidden area off the main path that is clearly marked with no entry sign. So remember in the movie where he like... Okay, so there are gates that basically say no go. Not gates so much. It's just roped off because it's so big. Okay. Um, but there are sections. The main roads. Yeah, where it clearly says, like, don't don't go there. Um, once people enter and the sounds begin, they're drawn to the sounds for help, obviously. They want to go help whatever is making that sound. The people who have reported these sounds turn back and left the forest. But it's thought that not all people turn back once they hear those sounds. They go to help the sound. And they become victims of the forest itself. They get lost. Yeah. Because it is, again, so dense and so hard to find your way out. And they didn't have tape. They didn't have tape. No electrical tape or anything to that effect. I really thought it was like a masking tape. And then we're watching that movie and I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have considered that. It's more like a ribbon, like a plastic ribbon. Yeah, I think they still call it tape That's for some tape. reason. It's not sticky. It, it, it is not, but you do have to tie it up. Yeah, but it's not sticky. It's not. Neither is Teflon tape. What's Teflon tape? 
It's the stuff you put around pipes when you're putting them pipe fittings together. I don't know anything about that. Oh, well, it's a, it's a tape Is that's it the not sticky. Correct. Oh, that's not tape either. It's not sticky. It, it says tape right on the, the label. I'd like to talk to Mr. Teflon then. Okay. Good luck. <laughs> Um, so the sea of trees isn't home to many animals or insects, and the silence is deafening. It, Why are there no insects or animals? Due to the lava rocks? Or? I think so, yeah. Okay. And just like the density, it just, there's only certain things that can grow in that environment. So it probably only lends to certain things, being able to live there. Well, maybe not a lot of dirt, because it's all rocky. Yeah, it's not really dirt. Okay. Um, it's reported that you hear nothing and everything at the same time. Because it's so quiet, you don't hear anything, but then you hear everything. Everything that's going on. Yeah. Uh, also, because it's situated on a volcano, heat rises from the ground, and you can feel that in the soles of your feet. So it's hot. It's hot. Yeah, it's muggy. That's, Interesting. It also adds to like the fog because it's humid, and it gets stuck between the trees and the ground. The canopy and all that. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, the trails are littered with unclaimed belongings either lost on a hike or left by the one-way visitors, which was in that movie as well. There was a lot of just family photos and some things were like tents and snacks and glasses and hoodies and cause you can camp there. Yes. You, you actually can go in, set yeah. up a tent and, and camp. I don't think I'll be doing that, but, uh, you can go there. It is a state park. Or... You want to go to Japan though, right? I do want to go to Japan. Any specific part? Uh, no, not really. Okay. I haven't narrowed it down yet. Okay. Definitely Tokyo to see all the different uh, stuff. But is that like a post-bug being out of the house thing? Oh, uh, yeah. We don't take bug to Japan? No, not yet. Okay. Yeah. That um, is our child. Her real name is Sophia. Oh, her real name. Yeah, her real name is Sophia. That's important. Yes. Um, guards patrol the areas, but they don't seem to bother any of the visitors, but they remain mindful of how they're acting, and they might be able to prevent another suicide if they... Just keep an so eye they on the people. It, do they talk to them or do they just wave and let them go? So it's not like it's not like a our state park where you have to wave at someone or pay to get in. Mm -hmm. It's kind of just open. But okay. there's people that work there and they drive around. But Take they care don't, of some of the trails and such. Yeah, but they don't bother people unless they're in obvious need of assistance. Oh, okay. Um. As you walk around the forest, you will see a bunch of signs trying to convince visitors to rethink their decisions. And I found this one to be the most unsettling. Your, and it, quote, uh, your life is a precious gift from your parents. Think about them and your children and siblings. Don't keep it to yourself. And these signs are all throughout the forest. And it's just trying to prevent people like from doing... a last-ditch effort to, to save somebody's life. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if it's successful. I hope it is, but... Um, Let's hope. Yeah. You right? know, at least one person, you know. Yeah. Um, so I found all this information on Wikipedia, all things interesting, and CNN. And also because this was a very heavy topic, I wanted to offer the suicide prevention hotline, which is available 24-7 at 1-800-273-8255. And again, <laughs> again, that it's 1-800-273-8255. So if you're ever thinking about it, just give a call. You never know what could happen. Oh, you could call me. I'm Would you be here. putting your number out there? Um, You know, not yet. Just because okay. when I first started this, I really didn't think it would be like that far reaching. There's a lot of people that listen that I have no idea where they came from. Thank you, 
uh, the algorithms. Yeah, yeah, really helping us out there. Mr. Algae yeah. for you space jammers. <laughs> uh, we do watch good. Space Jam during COVID. <laughs> As you can tell, we watched a lot of movies the past week. Um, what, what, who was it? It was, who was the basketball player in that one? It wasn't Michael Jordan. It no, was LeBron James. LeBron James is not a good actor. He's a very good basketball player, but he's not a good actor. Most uh, actors are not good, uh, you know, sports people. Most sports athletes are not good actors. I feel like Michael Jordan did a pretty good job. Well, he's he's a, a legend. Oh, okay. He's God's gift to man. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, in um, Space Jam, there was a supervillain called Algae Rhythm. Algorithm for Algorithm. Uh, you, you slower people out yeah. there. Uh, it took me a while. Don't don't feel bad about yourself. But, um, yeah, so it it goes pretty far, so I'm not going to put my cell phone number out there just yet. It's, uh, everybody, it's 8675309. Area <laughs> code you're going to have to figure out yourself. Thank you. <laughs> what did Kevin say? I got six numbers. One more number, and I would have had a whole phone number. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I hope you guys didn't mind this COVID version of our um Deeply podcast. unsettling podcast. Thank you, Eric, for humoring me and listening about all this stuff that I've already told you about. Because before I actually talk to Aaron about things, because me and Aaron don't discuss what we're going to talk about before we get there, because we like to keep it a surprise, I talk to Eric. So Eric has been the um, sounding board for pretty much everything that I've talked to Aaron about. So this is the second time he's now had to hear about the tree of sea of trees. So thank you for that. Interesting topic. Thank you for your service. Uh, anytime. And once again, please call. <laughs> oh, 1-800-273-8255 um, if you need anything. They're 24-7 Suicide Hotline. Good night. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Bye. You can say bye. Bye. <laughs> bye.